struggle with putting yourself first? Are you tired of feeling burnt out and overwhelmed from constantly putting the needs of others before your own? I have created a sacred space that will be available once a week for 10 weeks to learn, dive deep, and create your boundaries to boost your confidence and self-worthiness. Go to www.krista-luna.com and sign up for the Master Your Boundaries course starting in September 2023. And use the code PARANORMAL to get 30% off today on www.krista-luna.com. Welcome to another episode of Paranormal, the New Normal. I am your host as always, Jeremy, here trying to make the world seem a little more normal. Do I ever succeed? Oh, God, no. God, no. It's impossible, I say. Damn near impossible, but we'll see. And, of course, tonight, as always, I have a guest to help me do that. And my guest tonight is author and ghostwriter, Crystal Wood. How you Hi, doing, Jeremy. Crystal? <laughs> I'm doing good. How was your day so far? It's it's been a Monday, but that's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah, it's it's been a decent day. Can't complain. I get to podcast. I love podcasting. So podcasting makes life fun and makes playing with kids a lot easier. But so let me ask you this: What got you into the paranormal supernatural world? Um, I think. I mean, I grew up in Arizona. I spent a large chunk of my childhood living in a little desert town called Toltec, um, which you can see the superstition mountains from. And a lot of weird, weird stuff happens uh, in, out in the desert, especially, you know, in, in some of those smaller, dustier towns. And so I think I've always just been kind of... Um, drawn to the things that you can't explain and um yeah i think that's pretty much it <laughs> so did you did you have any experiences growing up in that area or i mean anything you actually saw or witnessed um yeah definitely aside from the you know general strange noises and lights in the sky there were um there were quite a few uh, interesting interesting things that happened when i was younger I uh, saw something strange in Northern California as well when we lived uh, out in the woods up there. So lots of lots of interesting stuff. Now, when you say strange, of course, you're piquing my curiosity and I'm kind of wondering what it was. Okay. Um, well, honestly, I'm not 100% sure what it was. It looked like a, I guess, it looked like a naked white humanoid that crawled on the ground like a spider and uh, my friend saw it too so i wasn't the only one and we were shaken up and did not go into the woods for months after that well it's funny because there actually is a name for that type of entity and that they're typically known as rakes or pale crawlers well, the rake was originally a creepypasta, though, and this definitely predated the creepypasta where the rake was talked about. See, um, they're a creepypasta, but people have captured video footage of them in real life as well, and pictures. Really? So they they probably been around, someone probably saw one originally, and that's where the creepypasta got made from. That's a good point. So, I mean, 
because I mean, my wife used to see them all the time in the her back in the backyard for how she lived when we first started dating. Like it's just one of those areas where that type of stuff's going to happen, and it, it they're, they're creepy. I mean, they're kind of like the yeah. um, heartless from Kingdom Hearts. Like they're kind of like just wandering around doing nothing, or not not the yeah. Hearts, this the, was the nobodies. They're, they're kind of <laughs> like those. Yeah, I don't. I I had the distinct feeling that it wasn't friendly. It came toward us, and I picked up my friend in one arm and backed through the doorway. It was like a surge of adrenaline, and I pulled the door shut, and we were screaming. And um, by the time my dad and everyone heard us, they came running and yanked the door open, and we were in tears. We were crying, and we were trying to say what we saw. It was gnarly. It sounds like something that I would want to avoid. And another reason to hate the woods, which I already <laughs> do. So, yay! But, so, well, what kind of, what books have you written? Because I, I mean, apparently there's more than one Crystal Wood author out there because I was Googling it and I got, like, so many different results. I didn't know what to... Oh, no. the only book that I've written that actually has my name on it is called, is called Hearts of the Fallen. And it's a 30,000 word novella. It's just a little tiny thing. Most of the books that I have worked on up to this point don't have my name on them. Which is the way I figured it would be with your ghostwriter as well. But mm-hmm. I thought sometimes they did put like ghostwritten by so-and-so on it. But No, at least that yeah. hasn't that hasn't been my experience. Typically, I work with... Uh, I, I work with people that want to market their stuff as being written by a specific author that isn't me. So um, when, when you're marketing a series of books, a lot of times you don't want your work to be associated with a specific person or writer that could be on the internet saying all kinds of things that you don't agree with. So I get the reason behind not wanting to, um, to give ghostwriters credit because you may not, you know, your beliefs or, or thoughts and feelings may not always align with the stuff that they're saying online and so yeah well i mean part of me is like why don't they write their own damn book then but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i Um, I think uh, i think there are there are some storytellers that don't have the skills to put their ideas down on paper and that's kind of where i come in mm. um you know they they might have something important to say or like a really great idea but they don't have the time to sit down and grind out 10,000 words or maybe they don't have the technical skill to organize it into a story format that will sell so in those cases uh ghostwriters are really helpful and sometimes it's people that just want like a help with a specific fight scene or they have writer's block for a certain chapter and i don't necessarily do the whole book so Hmm. it's kind of a case-by-case basis interesting I yeah, pardon me, wishes I went to freaking English in college instead of the things I shouldn't have gone for that I did nothing with. But <laughs> regrets, you know. And but I mean, so what kind of creatures have you written about in, in these books? Where it be your one book or the books you've helped write? Like what any paranormal creatures almost? Oh yeah, there's you know, uh, shifters and werewolves, which are two different things. There are. Mm. Um, various types of witches, sorcerers, warlocks, those kinds of things. And you've also got, you know, your, your more immortal type stuff like ghosts and vampires and uh, stuff, stuff that touches on that. Um, And I like to get into the less known 
uh, creatures that are just now becoming a little bit more uh, more talked about online, like skinwalkers, um, Wendigo, um, things that you don't necessarily see a lot of in books, things that you don't necessarily see all you know all that often in paranormal romance books. I like to bring stuff like that to the forefront and um, and kind of shine shine just a little a little light on the stuff that people maybe haven't heard of in the mainstream. Ooh, paranormal romance. One of my favorite subjects, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) When you, when you grow up reading vampire Academy and those type of novels, like it's just paranormal romance is a good thing. And, and no people, we're not talking Bigfoot erotica. That's a whole nother realm of author. (laughs) I do know. I do know an author that has, a paranormal romance that has a Bigfoot in it. Mm. Um, but I don't know if you've heard of him, Rick Waltieri. He's, he's also like a kind of a dark comedy writer. So <laughs> sounds vaguely familiar, actually. I don't know yeah. why it does. I mean, but I've, there's so many, there's so many of them out there that are paranormal authors. It's re- like ridiculous. And it's a good thing because it's a field that needs to be filled in my mind. And it's people love it. What can I say? But yeah, no, sure. <laughs> the, no, I, I never knew Bigfoot Erotica existed until I heard on this podcast I was listening to about an author who wrote like a series of 12 books about it. And I was uh-huh. like, I was like, that's a thing. Interesting. <laughs> like, I, I mean, like, you know, there's somebody for everybody. <laughs> you know, it's the hairy man in the woods, but the, the hairy man needs love too. <laughs> a fucking men, a fucking men. But <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's just uh, because uh, it's funny. It's come up on so many episodes before about it too, and it's just like I get it, like I get it. But the, the fact that she has couples on Amazon, literally, like saying, like, "Oh, my husband and I read this to each other when we go to, before bed each night." It's so romantic. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a special kind of love there. <laughs> it, it really is. Like it's, I'm like, if it does it for you, it does it for you, but. I mean, that's the kind of thing I I kind of see like someone reading by themselves, like looking over their shoulder, making sure no one's seeing them read it, like <laughs> blushing in bed by themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I swear to God, I I can easily see I can easily see someone being like, "Oh, Harry, leave the Hendersons and come stay with me," but <laughs> they don't appreciate you. <laughs> exactly, they really don't because they make you go away. But, but. You, oh, was that the first thing you said that I wanted to touch on? Oh, yeah, you said werewolves and shifters, which, I mean, in my mind, that can mean a lot of things. So what's the difference in that you, you're talking about? Because I want to see if it's related, well, if it's something I know about or not. Lycanthropes don't have, werewolves don't have control over uh, over their, their shifting. Okay. Okay. And okay, yeah. shifters have control over it and can do it at will. So... Oh. Like Jacob from Twilight is a shifter, oh. you know, werewolf in London. That's a, that's a werewolf. So, okay. So what, what you're describing in the paranormal world is basically dogmen. Okay. Which, that's what you would call a werewolf. Oh, or, or would that be what you would call a shifter? That's what you'd be called. That's what, well, that's sometimes what you would call a shifter. I mean, wow. Dogmen are complicated. I mean, there's some people that believe they can change from human to dog form at will. There's others that believe that they're just like Bigfoot. They're creatures that are just dogs that walk on two feet, two legs when they want to. 
and they're basically they've been around as long as Bigfoot. Like that's what some, some okay. people. There's schools for both, really. Schools of thought for both, but I mean, the fact of the matter is simply, I mean, so, there's songs even about like a guy, like guys playing with a dog, and like it runs into a log in the woods, and all of a sudden it comes out and it's standing up at two feet. So, <laughs> I mean, there's it's in, it's a, it's one of my favorite cryptids personally because there are so many reports of dogmen sightings and attacks, even that it's just ridiculous. And there's a lot of famous dogmen out there. But do you have you heard of there was like a historical record of um, some explorer or something that encountered an entire tribe of dogmen and they couldn't speak? Yeah, like in the same way. Yeah, okay. That was what that yeah. made me. Think of. That's pretty. I can't think of the explorer's name now. Uh, was it? Yeah, I know. You know what I'm talking about, though. That was a that was a trip, man. Was it Henry Hudson? I don't. I don't think it was, but I. Oh, now it's gonna freaking annoy the shit out of me. I don't know that off the top of my head. But dang it, dang it. Too bad we don't have Google. Uh, tell me about it. Let's see here. I want to say Lewis and Clark almost. I want to say too, but I mean they. Uh, going out west, that's highly impossible. Uh, oh, Marco Polo. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's he saw the he saw dog headed men, is what he said. But yeah, Sinocephalus, yeah, yeah see interesting I, I never know how to pronounce that one that's one of those ones i can never pronounce proper pro at least it's to me i'm not pretty sure but, i've only read it i don't know what it sounds like on <laughs> yeah, yeah tell me about it but in this in this in this realm that's a lot of words but uh yeah it was marco polo i that that, that does make sense now but i i don't know he thought a freaking uh rhino was a unicorn so come on now we can't go by him <laughs> <laughs> But okay. I, he was not the most reliable source. He was just making money I off mean, of people's stories. That's true. Mm. Although, you know, unicorns and rhinoceroses are equally, rhinoceroses are equally majestic. Oh, yeah. Oh, rhinos, are, rhinos are just chunky. <laughs> oh, rhinos are freaking awesome. I would love to have one as a pet. But I also want to, I also don't want to get killed. So, you know, it's a blood shoulder. Yeah. But, yeah. And I feel, like, feel like sharing a bed with one would be terrible. That's my wife, but I, <laughs> I but I mean, as far as werewolves go, I mean, I <laughs> for a long time I hated the word werewolf because it like people would say werewolf when they want to say dogman, and it's just like mm, I hate that fucking made up word they made for movies. But <laughs> it's, but I mean, it, I've been hearing reports from people I've talked to on this show that actually are like experts on dogmen they say there are some things that are more like werewolves and those are like the ones that change at the full moon like they say those may still exist that they probably they probably exist at one point because someone wrote about them so much and i mean the whole beast of judavon thing in france in the 1400s or 1500s like yeah i mean they say it was just a serial killer now but how would they know it could have been the real thing mm -hmm. i don't know i'm not sure but and what about um what about that little girl that got sent away because uh there were 
uh, I, I want to say it was like a livestock issue where, where sheep or something were getting attacked and they put like a whole mob together to, to kill this werewolf. And she was the one that got wounded. Um, do you remember something about this? There was a little girl in the in the village that ended up having a wound on her hand in the same place that the the dog got yeah hit in its paw. I've heard of that, and I mean, it's one of those stories. I think though that like, there's a bunch of those for every like type of thing, like werewolf, like for anything that. I changed. thought it. I mean, I thought I, that it was kind of cool because they sent her away for like some kind of therapy, and then she came back, and it said that the the attacks were less than they were before after that, but that they didn't disappear completely. So it kind of seems like she was still, ha she still had something going on, <laughs> if it was her. Yeah, which I mean, it, I I highly believe that werewolves could have existed back in the olden days, especially, but. And we already did that once tonight, Joanne. We don't want to keep doing it because then that makes us look like we don't know what we're talking about. But, <laughs> but thank you for the suggestion. But I mean, werewolves could definitely have existed. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, but then again, if you look back to like the story of Gilgamesh, his best friend, Enkidu, people often say that he was most likely a Bigfoot or Dogman because of the way they described him. What about um what about just normal human beings who have genetic predisposition to just be fully covered in hair? Do you think that that could be like a a mis case of mistaken identity sometimes? I, I mean, you're talking about my people, the Italians, but uh, <laughs> basically, I mean, it's possible. I mean, well, we'll get into that more in a minute when we get into Bigfoot because I there's a comparison there I could make, but I, I, I don't want to jump into Bigfoot like that. Like, I want to okay. in the Bigfoot. But Joanne actually said, like, she would like to know gargoyles were a thing, and there are still reports to this day of gargoyles that have been seen moving or flying. Like, it's a rare thing to hear, but there still are reports of it. Interesting. Like, you'll see it one, I'll see one, I'll see a story, like, maybe a couple times a year about it. Like, it's a rare, it's not, it's not as common as Bigfoot or dogman sightings or anything like that or ufo sightings but gargoyles they could very possibly exist i mean because they had what were they sculpting those after like what is the model for that i mean demons maybe but they had to see something that made them think of that grotesque figure you're not going to mm -hmm. assume demons look like this we never seen one but they look like this we know like <laughs> i don't know in my mind it's just like one of those things where it's like anything they draw or make they have to have seen unless it's just I mean unless it's ridiculous looking like some people make aliens look in movies and in books yeah, like the human imagination is a pretty incredible thing like but I do agree you you want to like draw off of things that you've had experienced with something that's like significant to you something that would have left an impression definitely would have inspired people to uh, to draw or sculpt things that they had seen and I mean, especially when it's something like a gargoyle, which they have similar designs all throughout the world. It's not like all throughout Europe, they're the same design. It's not like every single one is different looking completely. And, I don't know. Yes. I've, seen, I've seen some that are more like frog-like, and I've seen some that are kind of like dragon-like. But yeah, mm, well, they, they are, they're winged and they have claws and 
Wormholes. Wormholes, my God. You just gave me two different wormholes. I could jump down right now. But <laughs> And Joanne did say like a fisherman's story. Exactly. I mean, it changes every time you hear it. Exactly. I think. But or like, did you ever see that picture of a, a medieval person drew of um of a lion? And that thing was nothing like what you would what you would expect from a lion, but they were going based off of what someone told them a lion looked like. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, yeah, because you so, you only you only picture something in your head so much you have to actually see something if you really want to like recreate it. Right. So some of these things may look completely different than what you know what we expect them to look like. Very true. Very true. I mean, it kind of goes like with the gray aliens. We had that image ingrained in our head from TV, cartoons, and movies so much that people assume they look like one thing, but there's been reports where they look where people say they look like different colors. They look a little different shape. Like they all, all the grays don't look like the stereotypical grays. They all like can look a little different, or be different colored or hued. Like it's just. It's it's weird how much perception messes with your head, like when you watch things. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's. But okay, I, I got to down the one more hole now because you said dragons, and I've actually had people on the show who have investigated dragon sightings. In okay. Pen in Pennsylvania. Interesting. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, around mines. Apparently, Pennsylvania mines have a lot of different. Like creatures that like this hang out near them or in them. Mm. But then again, I looked into it and there are mines in Pennsylvania that go to the next state or next two states over if you go deep enough. So with the with the cave a lot, system, of, a lot of room for stuff to hide down there. Exactly. And people used to go missing or die working in the mines all the time. And they just back then they just kind of wiped it off like, oh, he's working in the mines. And like he, he he either got crushed by a rock or something, or too deep to go look for him. Like, oh jeez! Like, well, back back then, if he died, he died. Like, they, it wasn't a big news story every time someone died working a dangerous job because that was just life. Yeah. Not sure what you mean by that, Joanna. Are do you mean did them were they mining for lime? I believe so. I mean, in Pennsylvania, but I'm not positive. But I mean, yeah, in Pennsylvania, the the dragon thing kind of threw me because I'm like dragons and in the united states i would expect that to be more like an asian thing or european thing maybe even but uh, dragons in america like i couldn't picture that i don't know there was a there was for a while when i was younger there were people saying that they saw something and the way they described it sounded a lot like a pterodactyl and that was down in arizona when i was a kid and this was like going around amongst people, not stuff that I was hearing. You know, this, there was no internet. There was no, you know, uh, yeah. no, nothing like that when I was a kid. It was just people talking about, did you see that thing that's been flying around? Like, well, people were. <laughs> I mean, well, actually, oh, yeah, you, you grew up in the desert in the Southwest, if I'm not mistaken, like you just said. Earlier. Yeah. And that is prime Thunderbird country. And indeed, that's been a huge that's always that's what a lot of people believe, and what I've always personally believed is that Thunderbirds are really pterodactyls or pterosaurs, whatever you want to call them, and they're just they live in the caves out there and they come out for food and they survived mm -hmm. extinction somehow. I mean, my idea has always been hollow earth makes sense, and with all the cave systems we have, maybe there's 
ways for things to survive when they shouldn't have and by hiding in caves and surviving the end of the world eras like a lot of dinosaurs died in. <clears throat> so I mean well, most of the most of the mass ex- mass extinction events had something that survived on otherwise none of us would be here. So I mean it's hard to say. I mean but most of the things right. that we, most of the things that we know to survive lived in the ocean and that's why we that's supposedly how we came about though. There's questioning that theory too. But I mean, don't even get me started on my theory that we are from another planet and we were put here to thrive. I, we, I mean, we could, we could, we could go that way if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if my theory goes multiple ways, but basically, like, we were put here either because we were escaping a dying planet because we kill everything already, but we were a lot less intelligent back then, apparently, well, supposedly. But the other thing is, what if we were a prisoner species that another alien race moved down here because we were just not getting along with them or something like that? Like, what if they just put us here and they said, this is your planet now, have fun. Like, go mm-hmm. go make more of you and destroy another planet. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, it, it kind of makes sense, though, because, I mean, I was a big evolution believer for most of my young life and most of college years and afterwards and everything because i science like you could prove it like you could prove it's right. a theory but you can kind of prove it could be true but well, it's like generations and generations of mutations and you know environmental changes that cause things to slowly change over time i could yeah. see it i could see it i could see it too but i don't know it just ever since i got more and more into the paranormal it just seems like there had to be another option for something i mean I might even say there could be a entity out there that be extraterrestrial or something else that did create us. Maybe, uh, maybe I could see that. But for a long time, I would deny that I ever would think that for a second. But now, <laughs> now it's a possibility. I mean, once my rebellious youth phase is over, it's a possibility. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I've got, I've got the that agnostic uh agnostic flair so i can be open to just about anything like anything could happen and i wouldn't be disappointed or like oh that's just that's that's not what i expected because i i'm at this point nothing's gonna surprise me i'm i'm open to whatever whatever is is yeah i mean (laughs) my my thoughts and feelings and perceptions and everything kind of evolve as i get more information and i'm just open to figuring out you know, figuring out how things, how things turn out. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I see it too. Basically it's just once the government admits, once the government admitted that aliens are real and that UFOs are real, then it's just like, okay, everything's real. Like we, we didn't even, we didn't even blink. We were just like, yeah, that's, you know, see that tracks. That's right. Joanne says that she can't understand star seed theory. Which or star seeds theory, however you want to put it, but star. Which, how much do you know about star seeds before I jump into a exp- explanation here? <laughs> no, please jump into the explanation. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, star seeds are basically humans who believe that they have the spirits of extraterrestrials inside them their whole lives, and that they okay. are children of another planet. So they were seeded from the stars, so to say. Okay. And I mean, is that like that kid that thought he was reincarnated from like a someone who lived on Mars? I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just no. That's actually that. That's 
kind of the same exact kind of exactly the same but okay it's just more like it's more like these spirits are extra, it's almost like kind of like what Scientology believes but in a less effed up way it's, okay <laughs> the, these alien spirits basically come down to earth trying to find human bodies to learn things and mm -hmm. they basically keep coming down until they reach the potential they want to reach at, in their spirit and then they can ascend to something else or they can stop coming down and do something i'm not sure what they everyone tells you different stories at that point but it's basically the fact that alien spirits live in human bodies and they say if you don't if you feel like earth is in your home if you feel like nowhere on earth do you fit in or like it's not your home that you have a feeling like your home is somewhere else like you deserve to be somewhere else and i mean more than just like more than just like every teenager believes that when they're teenagers but when you get to an adult phase too and you just fully believe you don't belong on this planet then and they usually are a lot of a lot of them are psychics and mediums too like they have the abilities because of, they believe of that i mean it's is this the is this the same as the indigo children uh yeah. kind yeah. of thing okay yes all indigo, right all indigo, right indigo children are part of the starseed thing as well and like one of the alien races that, that most of them say they believe they're from is the palladians palladians okay, i haven't heard that one it's got a very weird spelling i can never spell it but it's almost like a combination of like fish and horse looking species from what i understand people believe they look like like they look like well, a lot of people believe they're the ones who had atlantis on earth and that atlantis getting destroyed was them in some kind of battle or war with another alien species and they left after that or they all got destroyed on earth but i don't know it's just it's i mean it seems like a star wars freaking story when we talk when i say it out loud but it just there's a, I've, I've had a couple star seeds on the show and they all believe it they all and i've had star seed therapy people as well who teach people how to unlock the whether they're star seeds or not and if they do have to teach them how to unlock their abilities is so, that like um like hypnotherapy like past life regression type stuff they can be one and the same. They can be one and the same on some of them. They all have different ways and methods of doing things. I just, I mean, I don't want to disparage any of my previous guests by saying that what they do is not real or anything, but they, they, they all have different ways of doing things. And I don't know enough about it to really be a judge of anything they do. So personally, I just, I can believe it. I can believe it though, because I believe in reincarnation and extraterrestrial. So, the two kind of coming together man yeah, why not yeah is there is there anything really that's not possible after the last few years that we've had come on now even before, is anything that ridiculous <laughs> even before that honestly i can believe that i mean because scientology believes it to some degree i mean they believe that it was all aliens that were killed by being dropped in a volcano on earth but that's the craziness of scientology and l ron Hubbard. right but <laughs> I don't know. I every time I think of Scientology, I think of the South Park episode. But right, <laughs> me too. <laughs> and the fact, oh, that and Leah Ramini. Plus, just religion in general t tends to scare me. I, I, <laughs> I, st I stay away. I stay away from the Kool Aid. Well, I mean, yeah. Huh? I mean, I've always want. I've always 
Potter joining a cult eventually, but just to have, <laughs> to have the experience. But there you go. That's that's your that's your prerogative. If that's uh, if that's your cup of tea. I mean, I I may have the I may have to run it, but you know, <laughs> the kid in the jet. I'm thinking you're talking about reincarnation, Joanne, and you're talking about the young boy who remember being a World War II fighter pilot, even though he was three years old, like or the World War One fighter pilot. I forget what decade it was in, but. I and there think are the, tons of kids who have similar, yeah, similar I mean, things that they talk about. That's just insane. Reincarnation the detail that they go into. I mean, that's why it's so hard not to believe. Re- oh, Scientology. Uh, the kid in the jet. Scientology. I don't know that one. The kid in the jet. I don't know that one. But I mean, yeah. But reincarnation. Has, there are so many stories of kids with reincarnation that I just. It's hard for me not to believe it, because yeah, if all these kids whether not... it's sorry, go ahead. I'll say I've all... had a lot of caffeine today. <laughs> it's all good, and... but I mean, if some of these kids just have the stories they have are actor, act. Oh, the actor in the. Uh, you talking oh, about Tom Cruise? She's talking about Tom Cruise. Oh, he's in Scientology. I didn't think he was. Yeah. I, I think mean, he I, is, yeah. I know John Travolta, but I'm... Uh, yeah, I know about John Travolta, too. But I don't know. I just Reincarnation definitely seems like it could be a real thing to me. It just does, like... There's too many people that remember things about their past life, so... The question is, is, is it really a transference of an entire soul, or is it memories being passed through a network of collective consciousness? It could okay. go either way, and I think, but I would like to believe in reincarnation. I think that's just a cool concept. I think reincarnation personally is more of the whole spirit. I can't see it being like a conscious collective because that would be that would be insane. Like I don't want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want us all to be connected by a giant neural network of of energy. We could be able to communicate with people on the other side of the globe. It's more I don't want what's in my head going through a big vat of yeah. like a computer cloud storage space. <laughs> okay, okay. You don't want us to see your browsing history. <laughs> I mean, nowadays I don't <laughs> me ten years ago, God yes, God yes, no, 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 no. But nowadays, yeah, I mean, I can't I can't do shit nowadays anyway with kids, but <laughs> Ten years ago, forget about it. My browsing history was not for public use. <laughs> Lest it be used against me somehow. But but yeah, no, I, I find myself I'm I'm writing a book or something and I'm Googling things like what household items can be used to torture someone. <laughs> it's like if anyone ever goes through my stuff, this is gonna look extremely incriminating. Like if anyone close to me dies, I'm gonna be the first person that gets implicated for the crime. Were they killed with the candlestick in the den? <laughs> Goes some clues right here, but I mean, I don't. It's mm, I don't know. I and I, I mean, that whole collective mind thing is too comic booky for me. I can't believe in that. Like, I, I can't. Know, I can. I can see it all. You know, like imagining, imagining that you could have memories from someone that wasn't you, and how spirit mediums are able to tap into like a river of energy that 
is constantly flowing, like picking up radio signals from everywhere. Just yeah. looking at the entire the entire planet and everyone on it as being, you know, connected but not not uh, fully not fully tuned into something that we all have in common. I mean, I don't think they I don't think it's like that though. I think these mediums tap into I think it's another dimension that's close to our dimension, but I think it just you can't not everybody can see through it and not everybody can hear through it. And I think that's what a clairvoyant clairaudient is, is they have the ability to see through the dimensional fabric. Like it may be thin, it's thinner for them. They can hear it through it or they can see through it. While other people just can't. It's just we live in ignorance. People like me. So are they picking up like other timelines and other well, I mean uh, they say they say time is uh cylindrical, so it just goes around and around. So it's possible or I mean, that's how for past lives, I could kind of see that. But I mean, I think just to talk to other spirits who have passed on or they exist at one point, they just have to reach reach that little veil and they can get information or see things. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can see that. It's interesting. I don't know. It's, there's so many yeah. possibilities. And, well, that's and, what's great. That's what's great about the paranormal is that we, you know, we're learning and we're open to, you know, people that people that are into learning about the paranormal. It's just science that we don't understand yet. So literally definition of it. Yes. It's something that we can't explain yet, but is the layman's definition, but I don't, it is. I mean, just, there's so much we don't understand in this world. And even when we die, we might find all the answers, but we're not going to have time to pass it on to somebody or to number it probably even, as soon as your spirit leaves your body, it's probably like getting a freaking mind wipe for C-3PO. Like, it's just... <laughs> mm. All right, you're, you're, you're a baby again. Here's your new brain. But... <laughs> but something gets left behind. Well, yeah, but I think it's just... Maybe it's just like a part of us that has like all the memories stored in it and whatnot. Maybe. Maybe. I. Who knows? I mean, afterlife is one of those things that you can... We could spend five hours talking about it, and we never come closer to having an answer about what really happens. It's just something that I think is pretty cool um, is the passing on of like generational trauma through your DNA. Things like um, passing on fears through your DNA without the child ever having suffered your trauma, like a, a child that got adopted at birth might have the same phobia that their parent had, but their parent had a reason for it. And yeah. the reason for that can sometimes be that the parent is producing certain chemicals in their brain as like a, a defense or survival tool to get through whatever trauma they're getting through. And so they pass that on to their children. And so that's, you know, that's scientifically proven that this that's something that happens so the thought of passing on memories that way is one one facet of it but there are also people who didn't have children who could be reincarnated as another person and there there's no way to explain how those memories or fears or similarities got passed on to another person because it's not a genetic link it's something else so that's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, or, I mean, 
I don't know. I never, I never thought about that whole fact of why people fear things when they weren't like that. Nothing happened that would cause that fear rationally. But I don't know. I mean, I can't say I've ever known anyone who had that who had like a fear of something that they didn't know why. Usually, there's a story behind it always. Or, mm-hmm. or but that's interesting, actually. Like, I mean, I got generational. I got I had a generational fear of snakes instilled in me. But that's because of people I was living with. <laughs> but, <laughs> So I don't know. It's just I question it. It's like what? I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, I've, got a, I've got a friend whose son is just absolutely petrified of water. Has been right from day one, just terrified of swimming pools. He's like eight or nine years old still, and just absolutely irrational fear of drowning. And I'm always oh. thinking, like, I wonder if he drowned in a past life. That's possible, actually. I mean, I could see that being a thing. Like, it's very possible. I don't know. It's weird. Like, it's one of those trippy things about life that we can't explain. But, mm-hmm. but okay. Well, you mentioned that you did write some vampire novels earlier. So, yeah. Do you think vampires are actually a real thing? Um, past or, past, or, past or present, but. Yes, I think so. I think in some form or another, yes. Um, you know, there are definitely energy vampires for sure. <laughs> Funny you say that. I was I was so going to bring that up too because a lot of people believe in energy vampires and they don't they don't believe in like traditional vampires. But they're... well, I mean, I knew a guy who like he had like a, some kind of medical condition that he actually um like he had some kind of iron thing and he would go to these bloodletting clubs and drink blood from people because it was just like part of his weekend because that was just how he went but i mean i don't know i don't know how uh how much i believe in like the immortal vampire but there's def there's definitely something behind some of it yeah, I mean, the best example I always think of is the Highgate Vampire in London, which the Highgate Cemetery in London, there's been something, a creature of some kind that's been reported being seen there for over 100 years. And hmm. like they call it the Highgate Vampire, but no one knows if it's really a vampire or some kind of undead creature that just lurks there or maybe even a spirit people say it could be like a spirit that's just attached to the cemetery, but people swear they've seen it in like solid form. Interesting. Yeah, it's one of the more, it's one of the lesser known cryptids kind of, but, and I don't know, vampires had to, I feel like they had to exist almost, because I mean, the people of Romania and Transylvania and that area like believe in something, like that the Draugr, the Draugr, I mean, the Norse believe in the Draugr, which is basically a vampire almost. So Strigoi. Well, yeah, Strigoi too. Oh, vampire cabin memories. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this all these, there's all these things out there that point to that things can come back to life. It's been around, it's been around since the beginning. I mean, Jesus, it could be a vampire. I actually I saw a movie recently and I can't remember what it was called, but it was um. This this priest, oh, it wasn't a movie. It was it was a show that came on TV. 
or oh. it was on Netflix or something. And like this priest goes to Jerusalem and like he's all senile and stuff and he wanders out into the desert and finds this collapsed temple underneath the ground and this angel comes to him but the angel is like ram stoker style vampire oh hmm and the the vampire turns the guy and he becomes young again and Hmm. returns to this little seaside town that he went to oh my god it was a great show um but it was such an interesting take on it angels and vampires being the same thing gonna have to google that now <laughs> but oh yeah definitely it sounds interesting right really really does i mean i don't know people have hypothesized for a long time like what if jesus christ was a vampire i mean and all the all the like correlations between the blood is the life and all that stuff yeah exactly. i've heard i mean and i think the, the silver I, I never watched it either but i think they did i never watched the show but i think they kind of like teased at it on true blood too if i'm not mistaken Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't get to finish True Blood. I never watched any of it, really. It's just not that time in my life. But I don't know. It's just the idea of vampires is fascinating to me. It always has been. Like, what if they, for a long time, I never believed they could exist because I'm like, we would know. We would know if there were creatures out there that, I mean, there'd be thousands and millions of them by now. So, like, they'd have to be, there'd be too many cases of people getting drained and whatnot. But, Unless, unless True Blood type of thing really did happen, they figured out a way to supplement their life so they don't have to kill people in the process or hurt people. But I don't know. It's one of those longer, like, it's a possibility, but I doubt it type things. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but, all right. Before we do, we're I not... Think, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I think that the most important part of, like, approaching the paranormal is to have, like a healthy dose of like half skepticism and half open-mindedness so that you can, so that you can balance yourself out and, uh, and look at it from all angles. And when, when you do that, I think that that's going to make it, uh, that's going to make it like a little bit easier if I were to ever come in contact with something that I couldn't explain and that there wasn't a, a normal uh, scientific explanation for. Yeah, which I, which uh, I mean, I don't know. It's like, sorry, that's out of left field. I was just no, no, it makes sense. I mean, riffing. It, oh, that's what we do here. But it's good. <laughs> it's good to. Have, I mean, it's a good sense of view to have, sense of point of view to have. Yeah, because I mean, if you're gonna meet something that's unexplainable. You want to have some kind of basis where you can like be like, all right, this is the number one possibility because I know all these things may exist as well. Like, I don't know. I mean, because the amount of people that see Bigfoot, we could. We, I was gonna say we could talk about the big guy a little before we just start wrapping up in a little bit. But I mean, oh, yeah, because uh, you've written a story about Bigfoot. You said no, I haven't. Oh, I knew an I knew an author that um, uh, featured Bigfoot in one of his books. I mean, there's a lot of Bigfoot stories out there, erotic or not. There's a lot of Bigfoot stories out there all together. Like, if you search it on Amazon, it's a huge list of books. But Do you feel like it's a spiritual creature? Or do you think that it's a corporeal being? Oh, I definitely think it's flesh and bone. Like, I, I don't know. I, I've always leaned more towards the Gigantpithecus theory that it was just a caveman-type creature that we know existed. 
but we thought died out. But I mean, if humans are killing you, you humans go that way, you go this way. Like that's that's what a, a semi-intelligent creature would do. So I read a post on Reddit where this woman in the 70s, she was camping with her husband and she had some kind of like food poisoning or something. And she went out to wash her face and she saw Bigfoot and it smiled at her and she like screamed and ran back to the lake and never saw it again. And I was always intrigued by that because this was a person that didn't typically believe in the paranormal. Those are, those are always my favorite is when it's always somebody that's like a, a cold stone skeptic. That's like, okay, I don't believe in the paranormal, but this one time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the most crazy Bigfoot story I've ever heard. And I refer to this one all the time in this show. It's from a podcast called Monsters Among Us, where people call in like their personal stories with seeing paranormal things. And this guy, Mac, he lives down south somewhere. I think Bama, but I'm not sure. And he was he's a hunter. He was out in the woods in his deer blind, and something startled him, and he fell out of his deer blind, which he was laying on the ground, basically a broken back. He would there find out. And like he was in excruciating pain, and but he's so far out, and there's no cell service, so no one's gonna find him for a while. And all of a sudden, he feels he feels himself getting picked up, and he says it was a female Bigfoot who picked him up and forced him to drink his her breast milk. <laughs> oh my gosh! And the whole time he can you hear, can't make this shit up <laughs> exactly, and the whole time he can hear like something else in the background, like talking back and forth with the one holding him like probably saying we have to go put that thing down we have to go you can't bring it <laughs> with us but i mean eventually he was found by his family after they after both bigfoots took off and when it was getting dark he was found by his family and he got went to, went to a hospital and yeah he broke his back but he also healed faster than doctors ever thought was possible wow that's interesting i have not heard that one that is cool Monsters Among Us podcast it is a very interesting show, and I actually had the host of it on here back seven, eight months ago now, but it's amazing show. It's like 14 or like 20, 21 seasons in now. It's a ridiculous amount of seasons in, but it's I'm behind on it like crazy, but it's a good show. I love it. And I mean, I don't know. It's just I a crazy story like that. I could believe, though, because there's. He, and you can hear the people's voices on the show. That's a great thing is you could hear their voices and you could tell they're being serious. You could tell whether you think or not they're lying because everybody has different radar for that. But I personally didn't think he sounded like he was lying. And he even called in the story like three or four times to give him bad reception. And it never changed. The story never changed. And he didn't seem like the kind of guy to make something up. Like he was a very Southern sounding, like a good old Southern guy type sound, you know? Not to mention, I don't think that somebody would be making that up and then just broadcasting it all over the place for no reason. I mean, <laughs> like unless... something something extraordinary must have happened for for you to be willing to talk so openly about something like that. I mean, unless it really was just like a huge joke. But I mean, even that, like, why, why would you go through the effort of calling in like four times? Like, it just doesn't make sense. And like, what are you going to accomplish by telling the joke like that? Like, what are you going to accomplish? Like, there's already plenty of people out there that try to make fun of the fact that people believe in Bigfoot to begin with. Mm. Trust me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, on, I'm a moderator in a couple Bigfoot groups on Facebook, and I have to 
like remove, remove people's comments all the time when they get reported because they're being like just dicks about it. Oh, like you, you say all you want, you don't believe. Just don't be a dick about what other people believe in. What? What's? What? How does it serve you to come into another person's community and just say a bunch of nasty stuff when it's not something that you're interested in? Like, makes no sense. I know. I just, don't understand people. But yet, if I go and yeah, if I went to a freaking religious group and tried hate on religion, I probably would get banned like faster than hell. Right. It's like if you're if you're an atheist, don't walk into a church and start trying to tell people that their God doesn't exist. It's just rude. They're not hurting anyone in there. Well, hopefully. <laughs> Did that in college a little bit, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> but no <laughs> oh, rebellion years. But no, I mean that's just I don't know. That's that's just the way it goes. But we. We are getting near the end here, but first, I, the last I gotta ask one last question. And that is, do you believe in aliens? Yes. Mm, interesting. It'd be very sad if it turns out that there are not any aliens. If we're the only ones in the in this vast black universe, that would be just really sad. It would be. It'd be safer, but it'd be sad too. I think. <laughs> Because, I mean, all these things are out there that, I, I mean, <laughs> they're probably not too fond of us if they're out there, I imagine. Probably depends. We're probably like the, we're probably like the shitty little stepkid that they, <laughs> that they are, are conflicted about, uh, conflicted about having left here. Yeah, probably. But, or if we are, if we were their prisoners and they're here checking up on us every once in a while, like wardens, then. I mean, we're part of some burden on them, and they probably be like, "All right, let them all die, please." Like, then we don't have to worry about this planet anymore. We can just go back home. Are we? Are we a science experiment? It's hard to say. So, before we wrap up here, though, let's talk about this project you're part of, Black Ballad. Ah, yes. Um, I don't know if you play D and D, but um, there can't say, is. Can't say I have. I always, I always, <laughs> give, I, everybody always said like. Why don't you? You seem like you'd be perfect for it. <laughs> you would probably have fun with it. It's it's a great escapism, and the limits are only your own imagination. Um, but something that's you know happens occasionally is your entire party might get killed, and the Black Ballad comes in as the afterlife of your characters in Dungeons and Dragons, and there is an entire world uh, for you to take your players to uh, if all of your players die in a, uh, in a different campaign. <laughs> huh. So is Black Ballad just an expansion pack for D&D basically, or? Um, it's a, it's a campaign. So like there are a lot of different campaigns for Dungeons and Dragons. So um, every adventure that you go on is going to have a, you know, a different story. You can even do homebrew, like make your own adventure for D and D for your, for your players to go through the dungeon master sets up, um, an adventure for the players to go on and just kind of guides them through, uh, guides them through whatever adventure they're on. And, uh, yeah, if, uh, if, if occasionally you get a, what they call a TPK total player kill, um, where all your all your players die, there is uh, something to surprise them with because the the night of gaming does not have to be over. Hmm. So yeah, it's almost like a secondary campaign, like after your first one ends. Yeah. So, yeah. If, if. So I mean, but that's interesting. I mean, 
imagine if they did that idea for video games where like if you die there's a storyline after you die that you have to play to like go back to life or something like and they made yeah. it yeah that be i mean that'd be insane that'd be insane but but uh, yeah i never i mean i never been big into D &D. I know no mainly because no one i knew growing up played it so okay that's the thing like if you you have to know people who are playing it already to get into it you can't yeah, you got got to have friends that are willing to play with you oh god yeah i mean you can't just be that kid that's like let's go play D D. everybody's just like loser <laughs> but <laughs> oh no, i mean not, not that so i think that's, not that that's the way i think it should be but i mean <laughs> but heard. nobody wants to be that one kid I mean, we've all seen Stranger Things. I mean, the kids who play oh, yeah. D &D are not the pop are not the popular kids by any freaking means. But no, no, it's definitely like a different generation of nerds uh, right now. And my daughter is a member of a D and D group. Like there, there's a there's a whole different culture surrounding Dungeons and Dragons now than there was in the eighties. Um, oh, oh God! I mean, it's not just something you do in your friend's basement anymore. Now it's a. Mm -hmm like social gathering thing around the world celebrities are doing it people are streaming it people are you know oh i mean yeah there's there was some tv show they that's out or might i don't know if it ended or if it's still out but it, it was basically people playing dnd &D. like yeah like live it was like it was like larping and dnd &D put together it was like what the hell but Critical could, role maybe i think it was called mythic quest okay I think I, I, I couldn't watch it because I didn't have the app it's on. I'm not going to pay for a whole other app just to watch that. But <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, that's understandable. But, yeah. But, so, so I mean, I'm sure I have some D&D players that are fans of mine. I'm sure I do. This the Paranormal and D&D kind of go together in some cases. So, uh, people who are interested in one are interested in the other sometimes. So, definitely, guys, check out Black Ballad because yes. it's, it sounds fun. It sounds fun. I mean. It's, yeah. it's a really it's a really great campaign and the thing that i love the most is that storytellers forge the studio that's backing uh that's that's producing everything they're giving all of the writers and artists and musicians that came together to make the material for it they're giving everybody credit they're paying everybody what they're worth and it's the best collaborative experience i've ever had as a writer i mean it's and it's gotta be fun writing a Dungeons and Dragons like storyline type thing. Like it's gotta be awesome. Like <laughs> it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I got to write the uh, the festivals of the dead is what it was called. That was my little contribution to the Black Ballad. Was the festivals that they have in this afterlife uh, city, the city called the Sunless Crossing. Hmm. And um, that was pretty spectacular. And then after that was done, the producers of uh, the people at Storytellers Forge actually greenlit an entire novel that I get to write with it. So I'm going to be writing a companion novel with a bunch of cool characters that have a, have an adventure in the Sunless Crossing, and that's going to be in one of the loot crates for the backer kit. So definitely check it out. Nice, nice. Definitely check it out. And I, of course, will make sure the links for all that are in the podcast description because by the time this releases, when's it coming out? Uh, is it coming out? Um, Anytime soon, there, there's nine there are nine days left in the um in the backer kit uh thing right now so i'm not exactly sure uh when when they're gonna start putting everything into practice but a lot of the content is already created so um you know the the more that they make the 
more badass they're going to make it. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what we come up with when this is when this all shakes out. All right. Well, by the time this episode drops, folks, you'll have to go out and buy it. And of course, if you're watching this video in the next nine days and you want to back the Kickstarter, go please. The link will be in the. Well, I will put the link in the comments for this video. There you go. That's the best way to do it. So it works. But I want to thank Crystal for coming on. And oh, thank you for having me. The one, the one book you did write. Where can they find that? Oh, uh, Hearts of the Fallen. It is on Amazon, and it is a thirty thousand word novella about angels and demons and uh, an alternate perspective of the afterlife. Interesting. Might have to check that out. But it's a long list of people of books that people on my show have written that I have to read still. So it's just gone. <laughs> I feel you. I, I have I talked to so many I talked to so many authors in the show. It's I almost should have started an author show. I really think so. But paranormal is my love, so I combine the two and it's even better. Well, uh, this is a great show and I really appreciate you having me on here. I enjoy talking to people who are open minded about things that we don't understand and it's it's been a pleasure. Oh been my pleasure entirely all my listeners you know where to find me and remember if you're watching this on facebook please like and share and if you're listening on a any podcast or please like and subscribe thank you and everybody have a good night i will be back in half a week for all my listeners and thank you one more time crystal for coming on it's been a pleasure thanks have a good one everybody you can of course find me on facebook as jeremy bryant or on Facebook as Paranormal New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast with the S Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. And you could find me, of course, on TikTok as at Juggalo Bastard Podcast and on YouTube as Paranormal New Normal. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on everything we do if you're interested in seeing more. Patreon material coming soon.